Hello, and welcome back to the Security Metrics Podcast. My name is Jen Stone, and I'm one of the principal security analysts at Security Metrics, coming to you today from Dublin, Ireland. PCI Community Meeting Europe is in Dublin this year. Very um, feeling very honored to be able to speak to many of the people who are involved in this community meeting and let you know what it's all about. Today, I'm very excited to have with me today two representatives from EMVCO and PCI SSC to tell us about the ongoing collaboration between these two very interesting groups. Thank you for joining me today. Welcome to the podcast. Would you like to start? Introduce yourself. Okay. My name is Armin Eigen, and I'm the Director of Technology at EMVCO. Uh, Andrew Jamison, I'm the VP of Solutions within PCI SSC. Terrific. So uh, can we start with a just a general background. What is EMVCO? What do you do? Okay, so EMVCO is an industry technical body that defines uh, card payment specifications. So when you have your payment card, get a little chip in it. So that's one of the first specifications that we came up with. And you can ask why it matters. Basically, thanks to the global interoperability and testing that we provide and the compliance that we provide on top of these cards, then you know that wherever you go around the world, you know that your card is going to work and you can trust it to work. So we define all the functional requirements as well as security requirements related to that. And then we evolved quite a fair bit from there into contactless um, that derived into wearables and mobile payment, as well as remote commerce. Um, so we have EMV payment tokenization, uh, 3DS, secure remote commerce. And so you mentioned being part of the uh, PCI collaborate yep. collaboration with EMV Co. Can you tell us more about that position? And, and we'll kind of launch into how it all works together. Sure, no problem. So um, as Armin said, uh, EMVCO kind of set the, the specifications for how these cards, how these what we call payment instruments work. When you, you, know, when you go somewhere, I, I live in Australia, and so I'm old enough, unfortunately, to remember traveling places, and my card from Australia wouldn't work if I traveled to the US or to, to Europe, where I am now. Um, but now all that works, and it's because of the wonderful work that EMVCO has done in specifying how you have these these cards with chips on them, how you have um, uh, data on your mobile phone that you can use to make payments. But that's at the, the functional level. That's how it it will work in terms of you know the data going back and forth and determining you know how much you're going to pay and you know uh, where where it's going to go from an issuer point of view. Uh, but then from PCI's point of view, that data also needs to be secured. And so you can think of the, the collaboration that we have, the EMVCO side is really around the payment instruments, how they work, how they talk, if you like, to the payment terminals, how the communication works online with the Securima Commerce, for example. And then from PCI SSC's point of view is how that data is secured at the point of acceptance um, during the processing and as it's transmitted, stored and processed throughout that transaction lifecycle, all the way through the acquirer and the issuer, through the merchants and so forth. So one of them's functional and security on the chips and security on the, um, the, the instruments. And then from PCI's point of view, it's how we secure the, the ecosystem in which those instruments are used. So it's really important we collaborate together because one 
is only part of the whole, if you like. You know, one side, sure, it'll work, but it, you know, you, you still need to protect that data. And from our side, we don't specify how these things work. We just specify how they're secured. And so if you want to, you know, like me, travel to, to Dublin and have a Guinness, you, you need to have a card that's going to work, and EMV Co. help with that. So you also mentioned 3DS. Yes. And that is, I believe, an online... It's the authentication and that you have. So to follow on the story started by Andrew is we make sure that the card is actually um, uh, a legitimate card uh, that you can use. And that's done through the cryptographic exchange that happens between the card and the terminal. And then we have the verification that you are the rightful owner of that card. That's where the pin comes into play. And in remote commerce, because you don't have that face-to-face -face interaction, you need another method in order to do that verification, authentication of the cardholder, because you are sending basically your card information. And then to validate that it's really you making that transaction, there is like a one-time authentication that can be done in very different ways. And, and to follow on that story, when that card data is transmitted to the acquirer and the merchant, it needs to be protected because it's it's compromised. The impact can be really big. Right. And this is the beginning of the collaboration that we have. So basically, they will be looking at how the 3DS information is being protected, how the keys are being managed and exchanged. Um, then we have the payment tokenization. Mm -hmm. um, so if the card data is compromised, it reduces significantly the impact of it because it's limited to a specific domain of use um, and so forth. Yeah. So uh, our, our listeners are maybe 60% um, US-based and then okay. others are more international. And so a lot of the people who are, are going to hear this podcast probably have not heard of 3DS okay. before because it's not widely adopted in the US. But I think in parts of the world is actually required. There's a regulatory requirement. The way I like to position this is that we have different ways of looking at how this is being managed. At EMVCO, we have absolutely no mandate um, on anything. So we make the technology available, and depending on the use cases and the business cases of the people, they may or may not use certain uh, functionalities that are being provided. In Europe, it's chip and pin by default. So you put your card, and it will ask for the PIN. If it's contactless, high-value transaction will ask for the PIN in order to do that cardholder verification. In the US, it's not systematic to have the PIN. Um, and the same way um, for remote commerce, um, there's a regulatory requirement in Europe and in some other countries which says you need a strong customer authentication to reduce the fraud of remote commerce, especially during the pandemic. Um, mm remote attacks have increased yes. and um, e-commerce fraud has increased significantly. And one way to reduce that fraud is by um, doing that 3DS second factor authentication or verification of the authentication of the transaction. Um, we work also in um, non-regulated environments and then the US Payment Forum has also made a comment about how the merchants that are using, or the issues that are using this um, requirement for this um, authentication are also reducing uh, the amount of fraud that's happening. Um, 
And then there is another way to look at it. Instead of looking at it from a regulatory, non-regulatory perspective, there's a trusted versus untrusted environment. Mm -hmm. And that comes down to the different demographics on how people behave or different countries look at those transactions. Right. There are some countries where if you don't get that notification to confirm that transaction, they get edgy. It's like, oh, what's mm. going on? That transaction went too smoothly <laughs> and I was Feels not sketchy. challenged. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. See, you feel it. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. And, and that could depend also on the amount of the transaction. You may not want to do it on like the small amounts. Mm -hmm. or it depends on the use cases. And like, like when people stopped asking for a signature on credit cards, there was a point where not even uh, just fairly recently, if it was under a certain amount, oh, you don't, you don't need to put anything in. We accept that. Basically, the acquirer accepts that risks level. Um, but some people are still uncomfortable with want, want that reassurance mm -hmm. that my card payment went where it was supposed to go. Perception of control. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and, and I like to use that word perception of control because it's the, 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 the banks um, are really good at monitoring your behaviors, how you're doing, how you're spending. And right. they will call you if there is something funky happenings like you're spending yeah. suddenly 10,000 on the holidays like yeah are you going on a honeymoon you were married 10 years ago it's like what's going yeah. on here yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my favorite uh, card pause moment I guess was I was in Singapore buying tickets to a zoo in New Zealand and with my US card <laughs> gosh that got flagged mm. so um, with that base thank you so much for that explanation I think that's that's very informative so now we bring in PCI and the standards that the SSC has established for various elements of that. Can you help under, us understand, so, so as you said, there is a standard, but there's not, a, uh, there's not an enforcement. You don't have to use all of these features. It's not required, but it is available to people. Is that where PCI comes in with the security pieces of that or not exactly so uh, mvco and pcissc are, are quite similar in that we produce standards and um you know whether people use those standards um whether there's enforcement around those standards that's entirely up to you know the other bodies the, the payment brands the um uh, compliance accepting entities right. um, who might use them uh, but what does happen. So we talked about 3DS, for example, um, talked about TSP. Um, we can talk about, uh, you know, just DSS um, from, a, from a broad point of view. All of these standards, um, that there's data and um, information that's coming from the EMV Co protocols mm -hmm. that needs to be secured. Um, so, for example, with 3DS, there's information that's being used as, as CVMs or cardholder verification methods. So, in the traditional environment, and uh, you know, people refer to chip and pin, for example, right. as uh, as EMBCO. Um, but chip, yes, and th there's some context around that. But pin is what we call a CVM, a cardholder verification method. Hmm. You can have signature as a cardholder verification method. You can have literally what's called no CVM, which is where you just tap your card or insert your card or mm -hmm. you know swipe your card if it's a magnetic stripe, no CVM, then that, that's fine in some context, once again, depending on who's accepting those transactions. And with 3DS, what that is, that's applying CVMs, cardholder verification methods, into an online context. So all these things, the signature, the, the PIN, even no CVM, they're used in face-to-face -face card present transactions. 
with 3DS, we have these CVMs, these cardholder verification methods, they're used online. And it could be uh, a password, it could be a one-time token, um, there's, there's transaction unique data that's um, included in that as well. And all of that data is, is specified within the MVCO specs, but needs to be secured in the same way that when you enter your PIN on a, a POI device, and that PIN might be sent through you know, your acquirer to your issuer, that needs to be secured in the chain. And we have a, a standard from that uh, for PCI-CC called PCI-PIN. talks about how the cryptography works and how the key management works. And we have standards for the devices, PCI-PTS-POI. We have, in the online context for 3DS, a th PCI-3DS standards, core and SDK, which talk about how you secure that transactional data, the, the cryptographic keys and the, um, the SD, uh, sorry, the 3DS data that's used um, as that CVM. So it's not about kind of one side is, is regulated or mandate and one side is not. It's like one side's functional, one side's security. And once again, if, you know, it's, it's up to the compliance accepting entities what they do with those standards. It's, it's really different sides of the same equation. Yeah. So when we look at the payment from end to end, mm -hmm. um, the information, the cryptogram and the pin that is stored on the physical card, that's where EMV Core is involved in making sure that's secured and that you can't actually go and extract that information from the card. But when it's stored um, on the other side, um, that's when uh, PCI gets involved in order to make sure that the organizations have all the different policies in place in order to make sure that that pin cannot be um, retrieved or that's great. This has been excellent clarity. This is a question that I get all of the t time from people is, who's going to come after me if I don't do this? And and they think that maybe PCI is a, an enforcing body or that, that uh, and now they might uh, have thought that EMVCO was, so now understanding that these are standards that they look at, at different um, things through different lenses. Um, and then there are other groups that may or may not uh, encourage compliance with it depending on, you know, like you said, 3DS regulatory in, in some areas and, and the standard for PCI, you know, your acquiring bank is going to want to see things. Or if you're, if you're a service provider, your customer is definitely going to want to see some things. And so understanding that I think helps people know these standards are, are to help them get there, not to be in any way punitive or, or, um, Trying to trying to hurt their business. So yeah, and I think you know the goal from EMVCO's point of view is to make sure that you know people can, as I say, travel the world, use their payment cards in an in an interoperable, functional, um, and a way that that can be secure in transactional um, point of view. And from PCISC, it's to make sure that um, all of that data that's um, that's being used is secured and managed securely. Um, we're kind of two sides of the same coin, I would yes. say. Um, I don't know whether. I'd say it's it's not like heads and tails or both heads. I would say both tails. <laughs> maybe you, I, I don't know. Maybe your tails. Which one is the heads? dark side of the? <laughs> I'm not really sure. <laughs> Two sides of the same coin is what I'm saying. How long have uh, PCI and EMVCO been collaborating together? Uh, what's the history of of this working together? I, well, so it, we've been working together for a long time. Um, it's not uh, just a brand new thing. It's, this it's is definitely no. not just a brand okay. new thing. Um, it, it certainly exceeds the tenure of both Armin and myself. Right. So um, okay. I've been working with PCISC for almost two and a half years now. Okay. Armin's been with Invico for, for just one. <laughs> um, funnily enough, we worked together in, in, in previous lives, so yes. we've known each oh, other okay. for about 10 years now. Um, and I think the, the collaboration the was already there. was already time. there 10 years ago. Yeah. So um, Amazing. It's, it's for a very long yeah. time.
That's great. And so current, are there current efforts of, of developing things together or working together? What does that look like from a kind of a, either a project perspective or a day-to-day? How is that collaboration carried on? There's monthly meetings that we have in order to keep uh, each other up to date and then some perspectives on what's happening in the payment space that we share between each other. When we initiate a new activity, we will also um, make the other party aware of it. And then we don't do these alone. So we have our advisors, um, PCI, SSC has their advisors as well. And having that broad understanding of which organization is doing what is also very helpful for the wider industry. So um, Andrew came to one of our technical meetings in Singapore and did a rundown of what PCI is doing, what roles they play, and how we work together. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm here as well, in order to basically foster and nurture those collaboration and discussions on how we can better align going forward. Yeah, so we, um, it's not like we work on each other's standards. We have quite clear remits uh, and um, you know we're, we're independent organizations and we generate our standards separately. But we have a, a collaboration role in making sure that we're not doing something that is going to cause friction on one side or another. We're keeping each other informed. Um, we're making sure that we're, we're aligned in where we're going in terms of uh, how payments are maturing and, and what's happening in the payments landscape. Everything's changing quite rapidly mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, what's coming up that you know needs to be specified from a functional point of view, what's coming up that needs to be secured in terms of the data point of view. Um, you know, as, as Armin said, we have regular regular calls and meetings like this where we stand up on stage together and um, and uh, talk, I guess. Yeah. Well, excellent. This has been really informative. Just Just before we wrap things up, what is it that you would like people to understand about EMVCO, PCI, uh, SSC, w- w- or the collaboration that we haven't, haven't covered yet? I, I think the most important thing is that we are that, that two sides of the same coin. One is, one is from a functional point of view. One is more of a, a security and um, uh, procedural point of view. Uh, I think that... Um, a question that does come up quite often at the moment is around the mobile side of things, particularly mobile acceptance. And we'll right. be we'll be having a, a presentation on this later on today, both um, myself. Um, Vico have specifications around, for example, how the uh, the NFC interface, the contactless interface on the phone, how well that works, how how the card you know needs to be read a certain distance and so forth. I'm sure Armin could be describe this better. It's it's all a functional side in terms of how it works. And from PCISSC, we have security standards like MPOC that talk about once that data is read, how it's secured and transmitted and, and you know managed and how the pin might be secured and so forth. So it's that operational and security side that come together to create an overarching secure landscape for, for interoperable secure payments. I think that um, is a really good example in terms of um, the payment acceptance on the mobile device. Um, one of the things that we noticed is it's very well secured. Um, there's been standards provided by PCI for quite a while, but the experiments are showing very fragmented user experience on, on the back of it. And one of the reasons for this is that in the past, you always had to have a little piece of a dedicated hardware that were making sure that you had a seamless payment acceptance that works all the way up to four centimeters. Mm-hmm. 
And now you're using um, off-the-shelf devices. Um, they could be industrial, it could be commercial, um, but they have not necessarily payment as a primary function, and they might not achieve the same level of seamless payment uh, functionality. So we have looked at that in order to give that visibility to the industry in terms of how well different devices are performing with a reduced range. Mm. Um, so we define two ranges, like uh, two centimeters or one centimeter. That's why I was getting closer to Because <laughs> it works better if you yes. lean. It's so to give an indication seamless and possible. <laughs> Um, and this is how we, we work together and give that clarity to the market because uh, we had quite a few questions coming up. It's like, you know, who does what and mm -hmm. what do I need to do? And basically having this listed, um, if you're a merchant and you want to launch a mobile acceptance uh, device, then you may have the understanding that if you choose this device, you may have that experience in that mm -hmm. device because it has not been tested. Basically, you're on your own. You don't know what you're going to get. Well, this has been a very informative. Thank you so much for sitting down with me today, and I hope we get to speak again in the future. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for watching. To watch more episodes of Security Metrics Podcast, click on the box on the left. If you prefer to listen to this podcast, it's available on all your favorite podcast platforms. See you on the slopes.